Hey, good morning, and uh, so good to worship together with you all. Um, years back, several years back, this is before COVID, I remember, I, I stopped by an estate sale. You know, with all these uh, pawn shop and these type of sh- reality shows, stop by hoping to find the gem. And I remember I found some coins, and they were framed, and it looked really nice. And I looked at it, and they looked very old. So I was pretty excited. I thought, well, maybe. You know, if, when you watch these pawn shop uh, reality shows, there's like the good news and then the bad news, right? The good news is someone brings in something they don't know. It was in their grandma's uh, attic, and they bring it in, and the expert comes and says, this is worth a million dollars, right? And so they're excited, and they get paid, you know, whatever it is. And then the bad news is sometimes you think it's authentic. You think it's worth a million dollars, and they say, oh, this is a knockoff. It's worthless. So anyways, I, I found this. It was a little frame, and in it had an old $1 coin, an old uh, half-dollar coin, and an old quarter. And it looked really old, and it was at an estate sale, so I thought, maybe I could have a, a, a good news experience with this, right? And so um, I bought it for, a do- uh, for $5, and I thought, oh, this is exciting. So I went online, tried to do some research. I couldn't figure it out. I had a friend who had a friend who was a coin dealer. And I remember because it was such a, uh, a random uh, thing that he did. And I remember that. So I said, hey, can you ask him what this could be worth? You know, I paid $5 for it, and I sent pictures of it. And I sent a text to him. And I was hoping, thinking maybe this could be worth $500 or 5000 why stop there? Maybe 50000 right? Whatever it is, and it could be worth so much. And I sent the, um, the text over, and I got a response back. And it wasn't the good news that I was hoping. It was, he said, he, my friend said, this is worth $1.75, right? And he had a, one of those uh, dumb face, uh, whatever, emojis on there. Ha, 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 ha. And then, now I, I was looking for it. I couldn't even find it because after that, I think I was so distraught. I just, get it out of here. Daisy, you could have this. Go play with this. Um, and so, and I share that because, you know, Jesus uses a, a common coin of the day, uh, a denarius. Uh, he uses a coin to teach a lesson. Uh, this is a story that seems kind of um, odd. It seems like it's just a random story that's in passing. But there's so much significance in this. And he uses a coin, and then he teaches um, to those who are listening. He teaches them not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. He teaches them to live a life devoted to God. How does he use that? I mean, this is genius. It is the great teachers, it is the great lecturers that could say what the average person would say in two pages. They could say it in uh, two sentences, you know. And that's what he does. He, he says something about the coin and then everyone is silent in awe. They pause. And even for us this morning, as we look upon the story and as we dig in, I think as we dig into the depths of it, we'll say, wow, this is so much more than what we see on the surface. And Jesus teaches us to be devoted to God. Um, and uh, in this story, so we're going to see what is it we, are, we ought to devote? What is it I'm supposed to give? The second part is who can devote or who should devote and the third is um, how how should we devote ourselves to God so I know it sounds like a a lot of questions but we're going to dig in a little bit on on what can we devote and who should be able to devote and how it is that when we do devote ourselves how it is that we should approach God who 
a what, who, and how. We'll look at that in a moment. So uh, just a background on this. They're trying to trap Jesus. We're in the Passion narrative. Jesus is back in Jerusalem. And this is the latter part of the life of Jesus. And now the religious leaders are rising up and they want to take him down. They already, he already embarrassed them, right? He went into the temple and cleansed the temple and, and rebuked them and all of these things. So they, it's costing them literally their money. And they want to take him down. They're trying to figure this out. So one of the things that they do is they say, well, let's quiz him. And you see this often. Even today you'll see uh, some person that takes questions. And if it's a controversial topic or they don't like him, they try to trick the person. Right? They try to now catch him in a place where they're stuck. and uh, They try to do that here. They send some people literally as kind of disguised as spies. And they try to act innocent. And they, they go and they question Jesus. Um, and ask him about taxes. Should we render to Caesar these taxes? So you say, well, that's kind of a random question. But the background here implies quite a bit. So the Roman government, the, the, um, they would have a tax. The empire would tax everyone, and the Jews would all have to pay a tax. And they always grumbled about it, right? And this is true for all of us. We all grumble about paying taxes, um, or where it's going, and we, we complain about that. But the Jews had bigger complaints because they looked upon the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, the people, they viewed their leaders as their gods. Caesar was God. And so for the Jewish people who worship the true and living God, they say, why am I giving money for them to now go and say, I have to worship their, their God or Caesar? And so there was a lot of issues with that, and there would be people who revolted against this, and so on and so forth. Uh, so they, the common taxes would be, there was one tax called the ground tax. Anything that you raised from the ground, 10% automatically was taxed. So all of your grain and um, harvest of, uh, in the time would be taxed 10%. 20% would be taxed on all of your fruit, all of your wine that you produce. 20%. Uh, if any of you grow fruit, even if it's casually or maybe during COVID, some of you have tried to plant something. You know how hard it is to get something to grow, to give 20% of it. Uh, it's quite a bit. All men had to give 1% regardless on anything that they made. And what they had as a poll tax, the poll tax was one denarii. You had to pay. All men uh, age 14 through 65, you had to pay one denarii. All women age 12 to 65 had to pay this denarii, denarius. The denarius or denarii in, in, in plural um, was about a day's wage. And so this was an added tax that was given. So that one denarius, uh, everyone knew what that was used for. That was the last added tax no one wanted to give. And just because I am able or I should be able to work, now I had to pay back even more. But it wasn't just the money. It was what it represented. It was what was on it um, that meant so much and that was so difficult for the Jewish uh, people of the day. Um, so what did they do? They sent spies. Verse 20 tells us, they watched them send spies who pretended to be sincere. They wanted to catch him, Right? And what did they want to catch him with? They wanted to ask him a difficult question. So you have the Jewish people who are always grumbling against the Roman uh, taxes that are there. 
But if he now goes against the Roman tax, then he is going against Caesar. So they could now say, hey, this guy is an insurgent. This guy is trying to get people not to pay taxes. So they wanted to put Jesus in a rock and a hard place and trick him there. And uh, this is what they do. They pretended to be sincere. So verse 21, so they asked him, teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? Should we give to Caesar or not? And everyone is hush, hush. They're listening. Because however he answers, he's going to put himself in a predicament. There's going to be a party of people who will be against him. If he says yes, all the religious Jewish people of the day say, you are not a real teacher of the law. How can you say that we should give to another God? There shall be no other gods before the God of the Old Testament. If he says no, then now the... Caesar and the Roman uh, leaders will come after him, and they'll, have, they'll consider him a rebel. So they're trying to put him in this rock and tar place. Now, they're trying to set him up. And just let me go on a tangent here. They use what we, we often talk about, flattery. Uh, flattery. They use two weapons, flattery and then a loaded question. Have you ever ha- talked to someone, they ask you a question, they're not really asking for your true answer, but they just want to Uh, get you in a spot. Well, then, if that is so. Or flattery. Um, R. Hughes talks about flattery in this way, and I love this quote. He says, flattery is the reverse mere image of gossip. Gossip includes saying behind a person's back what you would never say to his face. Flattery is saying to a person's face what you would never say behind his back, right? So gossip is, I would never say it to their face, Flatteries, I would never say it behind their back. I would tell them what they want to hear so I can get what I want. And they're trying to use flattery now publicly to now uh, put him in this kind of awkward situation. And they try to quiz him in this way. Jesus obviously knows their intent. He knows their hearts. And instead of getting in a debate with them, he goes deeper and he answers a greater question that they might have. He answers what they need, not what they want to talk about up here. He talks about their devotion to God. Um, and today we look at that, right? And so the first question we look at is, what should we devote to God? What is it? What am I supposed to bring to God? And the answer is, we're supposed to bring all of ourselves. It's a full submission. We should. De- what should we devote to God? Everything, all of it. It's a. It's me submitting my whole life to God. You say, well, this is kind of obvious, isn't it? Well, the text here is interesting because it says here in verse 22, is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? Right? The ESV says give tribute. This is a fancy way to say just pay, isn't it? Isn't it more than that? Is it something different? The word give tribute uh, for us is the word. It's a word that means a little bit more than just to pay. It means literally to... Uh, uh, be paid by someone who is subject. So it wasn't just the friend paying a friend. It's not just the boss paying the employee, but it is the subject. It is the slave. It is the one who is owned that's now saying, here, and I give it. It's a tribute to you. And so when they paid their taxes, it wasn't just about the roads that were being fixed and so on and so forth. It was saying, here, I submit to you, Caesar. And so that's why it says in the ESV, give tribute to Caesar or not. 
So it wasn't just paying the taxes. It was saying, I submit. By paying this, it was talking about submission. That you still rule over me. That you are the God that the Roman people say you are. And they are giving this. It's interesting because in the temple, you remember, they had to switch the money from the... uh, the Gentiles had to switch money into the, the Jewish money to pay for the temple. But here, when you pay now to uh, the Roman Empire, you had to pay it in their currency, which is using a denarius. And you would pay in that way. It was a practice of submission. Um, and Jesus says, show me, verse 24, show me a denarius. Whose likeness and inscription does it have? They said, Caesar's. He said to them, then render to Caesar, Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. The image that was on there, the name that was printed on there, uh, historians tell us that all, when, in, in those days, when new emperors would take over, they would issue new coins with their likeness on it. And it would be stamped, their face and their image would be stamped on the coin, and then that would be issued to the people as they started their reign. The coin was considered to be the personal property of the king. So when you had it, it wasn't my money, it was Caesar's money that I have for a little bit, and I get to use Caesar's money to go and get the food that I need, go and buy the land that I want. And I wasn't using mine, it was a reminder that everything is Caesar's. And so when Jesus asked that question again, whose likeness, inscription, does it have? And so any conqueror, any new emperor, if a, new, if a foreign conqueror would come in and take over the land, the first thing that, that one of the first things that they would do is issue new coins with their face on it. And so whose face is on it, whose image is on it, meant who are you submitting to? And he wanted to talk not just about, uh, oh, the law of Rome or the law of the Jews, but he wanted to talk about their personal submission. Who are you submitting to? What am I supposed to submit to God? All of it, everything. It's not giving my spare change. It's not giving my spare time. It is all of it. Just as the purpose of the denarius was to let the people know, you are submitting to Caesar. You are using Caesar's money. He owns all that you have. And Jesus now takes that coin and he teaches them this. What is it am I supposed to devote? Everything. It's a full submission. It's all of me. Oftentimes when people struggle with their faith, when they say, I'm not sure. I don't feel it. I don't feel it at church. I don't feel it at home. And they struggle. It's oftentimes, I think, it's because there's competing factors. And the competition of this world is so strong to our flesh that we don't want to submit everything. We don't want to give ourselves fully. I've got a career to invest in. I've got kids to raise up in the way I want them to go. I've got other successes and money to make and so on and so forth. And so it, there's this internal strife. And so then we often look to God and say, I don't know. It's, it's not moving me. It's not changing me. What is it we're supposed to give? Everything. Now, the second question that I want to answer for, from our text is, who should give? Who should be devoted to God? It is all who are made in the image of God. It's all men and women. Again, this uh, story 
That's the genius of what Jesus says here. In verse 24, he says, show me a denarius. Whose likeness? Right? Does it have? Whose likeness? And then he says in verse 25, he says, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. I uh, Googled image. Uh, I found the image of a denarius. Now, if you go to a state sale, you find one of those. I'll buy it for five bucks from you, all right? Um, or I'll make sure, make sure you tithe, right? That's a good one. Uh, the inscription is on there. The, on the left side, the image of Caesar is on there. This word in verse 24, likeness, whose likeness is in the original language, the word icon, right? We see, use that today in English, icon, a mirror image, a representation. And on it, it says Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus. And it's, uh, that's what it says on the left side. Caesar was the proper name of Julius Caesar, or the surname of Julius Caesar. Following Julius Caesar, everyone now took on the title Caesar. Caesar now was no longer a proper name. It was a title of the chief Roman ruler. So hail to Caesar. Whose image is on it? It's Caesar. So oftentimes it's not just Julius Caesar, but all his successors have this title of Caesar we see here. So, whose likeness, whose icon is on it? That word in Colossians, for example, in Colossians 1.15 says, Jesus is the image or the icon of the invisible God. The Greek translation of the Old Testament, the oldest translations in the Greek, has uh, Genesis 1.26, that man was made in the image or the icon of God. So when Jesus now says, whose image is on this? Well, give to this, whose image is on this. But now he's pointing to us. The listeners knew this word icon. They knew what that meant. They knew what in Genesis 1, as they grew up in uh, learning and memorizing those verses, who's made in the image of God? Oh, it's me. Adam and Eve made in the image of God. So what should I do? Well, give all of myself to God. That is the argument here. Give yourself fully to God. The coin has the image of Caesar. Give that to Caesar. What has the image of God? Me. Give yourself fully to God. Give yourself in the way that this coin represents you giving to Caesar. Give yourself fully to God. Devote yourself in this way. So who can now give to God? It is all those who are made in the image of God. You were created for the purpose of devoting yourself to God for his glory. So our personalities, our will, um, our emotions, all of these things, we were made in God's image. Now give yourself to God. That's what Jesus is saying here. Sometimes we get caught up in we use the word devotional or devotion, and sometimes it's just this, oh, it's a spiritual exercise that I have to do. So I could check in, I did a devotional, I read a devotional. Uh, but it's so much more than that. John Ortberg um, says, so I says, the main measure of your devotion to God is not your devotional life, it is simply your life. It is all of your life. 
So it's not just a quiet time. It's not just a devotional. It's not reading something that inspires you and moved you for a moment. But it's all of my life. So who is supposed to give? It's all of me. Whoever is created in the image of God, I can give to God. And how, the third question, how to devote ourselves to God. As we are giving, the manner in which we give makes a big difference. And the manner we, in which we devote ourselves to God makes a big difference. It's either acceptable or unacceptable. We give to God as people who have first received from God. It's very different. To give to God as someone who has received God's grace and mercy first. He first loved me. He first loved us. To grasp that and to give to God is very different than saying, God, um, it's a give and take. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. I'll give you something, you answer me. You do as I wish. This is religion. The gospel says, no, he gave us everything. And out of gratitude, we now give. So how do we devote ourselves to God? We give as people who have received much. Verse 25, he said to them, Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Um, This word render to God. Again, it's an unusual word. Render. It's the idea of paying back. It has the implication of giving back. It basically says you were never the initiator of the giving. You were the first recipient and you are now giving something back. That word would be used as people who might have received. And so the taxes were looked upon as that wasn't yours. It has Caesar's image. Caesar allowed you to have it. You get to now give some back. And that's the language that would be used to try to appease the dissatisfaction of the people. But with God, he is the one who gives to us first. And so as people who have received much, now we give back. Now we come to worship. Now we sing. Now we serve. uh, Now we give of our time and money and and talents. And we, we give something to God. This is the gospel. We come in this way. Uh, a human example of this, right? I, I think about, I was thinking about this, is, is Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day, everyone goes a little crazy on Mother's Day, right? Even at church on Mother's Day, it's a lot better than Father's Day, right? Um, at our church even. And uh, I can't complain about that, right? It's Mother's Day. Think about your Mother's Day, right? Flowers and gifts and fancy restaurants and this. Father's Day, that. Go outside and cook something for everyone, right? That's the difference. Mother's Day. Well, it's mom. Why is Mother's Day so significant? Well, she gave me life. She raised me. She took care of me. And so everyone responds. It's a priceless gift that they've received. You don't hear a child that grows up and say, okay, okay, okay. That's enough. 20 years is plenty, mom. All right, let's wrap this up. 30 years, that's plenty. I've paid you back. You don't hear about the rich athlete that says, okay, one car and that's it, mom. No, they give and they give and they give. And we give and we want to celebrate and we give because we know. I don't think I could ever outgive what she gave to me and what she gives to me. Some of you are saying, oh, man, my kids need to be in here, right? Um, well, it's going to be on YouTube. So we're going to watch this tonight um, and uh, watch it again, all right? Or hopefully... Your moms aren't watching, right? Oh, man, right? Remember, remember this. And so we give. We do it on a human level. We don't do it counting and saying, well, 
I think I'm done now. I've calculated the amount, and boy, this is going way too long. No, we say, this is good enough. No, we don't say this is good enough. We say, no, this is never good enough. We are people who have received much. So when Jesus now is telling the listeners, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, render to God what is God's, pay him back, give back. Give your devotion to God in this way. Um, a long time ago, 1886, Leo Tolstoy has written a famous novel, The Death of Ivan, uh, uh, Ivan Ilyak, right? Ivan Ilyak, and it's a story of a man who was very successful. He was a lawyer and becoming a magistrate, and he was working hard in life, and in the middle of his life, at the age of 45, he falls while he's putting up a curtain in his house. He falls and he hurts his side. And the pain in his side persists and it actually gets worse and worse and worse. And so his, doc- uh, his wife tells him to go see the doctor. They go see the doctor, can't figure it out. And basically he comes to the conclusion. He realizes one day, I'm going to die from this. He realizes his uh, mortality. And this shakes his whole life, and he looks upon all that he lived for. And he starts realizing uh, what an artificial life he had. You know, how he rushed himself to uh, get married, and how he focused so much about money and, and getting the applause of people. And at this, as he's getting worse and worse in his health, the loved ones around him start resenting him because they're like, oh, you're, you're, you've been sick too long, you're taking up all of our, uh, our energy and time, and they start resenting him. It is at this point when he faces his mortality, he realizes that he had devoted himself to the wrong things. And one of the quotes that he says is, maybe I did not live as I ought to have done. I want to encourage us today to devote ourselves to the right things to God. To devote yourself to God. To re-devote yourself to God. And if you ever catch yourself thinking, oh, I think I gave enough to God. No, you didn't. If you ever catch yourself saying, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Render to God what is God's. If you ever think, what about me and my life and my comforts? You were created for his glory. Render to God what is God's. Every time you look in the mirror, every morning, take a moment and say, I was made in the image of God for the purpose of giving glory to God, of using my life to now give and devote to God. So what is it you devote? How is it uh, that you devote these things? Who is allowed to do these things? It is you, it is me. And we give ourselves fully to follow after God. Uh, Nothing half-hearted with someone so significant in our lives. And so let's continue our devotion to God. Whether you feel it or not, whether it is uh, the rains are falling or the sun is shining, we continue. We press on because the one we devote ourselves to is worthy of our devotion. Uh, Let me pray for us. Um, Lord, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Your words just made everyone quiet, made everyone ponder. Makes us, Lord, here, quiet. Makes us ponder. Makes us think and evaluate again. 
Who am I to complain to my maker? Who am I to assume that I've given enough? Who am I to hold back what is all yours, God? We want to give. We want to devote ourselves. We want to be devoted followers of you. Lord, our hearts, our minds wander all the time, Lord. You know. We get distracted easily. You know us. So in the midst of that, Lord, your grace covers us again, and you draw us back to you. So we give our lives to you, and we give our worship to you. And what little we give, Lord, um, may you be pleased with us. We thank you. Uh, We thank you for first giving your son, Jesus Christ, to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.